Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, okay, guys. Today we're going to be answering your questions, having a bit of a chat about fantasy basketball in preparation for your drafts, which a lot of them are happening this weekend. Let's go! Okay, guys, today we're going to be answering your questions, having a bit of a chat about fantasy basketball in preparation for your G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are live over on YouTube answering a lot of questions that you guys will have for your fantasy basketball drafts. So, uh, I think it's the second live show that I've done so far on this YouTube channel. The first one was sort of a little niche uh, live show where we were doing for the uh, Championship 30 League. But today we're going to be answering as many questions as we can. Um, Not sure exactly how long we'll go through today, but uh, we're going to be just popping through, talking fantasy hoops. So if you have a question about your team, about, you know, preseason or any general thoughts, pop them down in the chat down below on YouTube. And we're going to get to as many as possible, guys. So, um, yeah, keep them coming through. Just quick heads up, guys, on what's coming later on this week. So if you haven't already, today, uh, number five on the most interesting fantasy basketball players dropped, which was Evan Mobley, my guy that I am probably the highest on out of all players compared to the consensus and other analysts out there. Um, I don't mind that. Seems like a good player to attach my my name to. And um, tomorrow, we're going to be going through points leagues, top 10 um uh, bus top 10 sleepers for points leagues as well tomorrow, as well as number four, counting down all the way to number one. Uh, we will be doing a pre-season in-depth kind of review and wrap-up and um, talking about all the major you know, happenings and the rises and fallers and people that you need to be doing uh, whatever it takes to get uh, on your team if they're on the waiver wires. And then... Um, Undecided whether or not I do another mock draft, see if we can sneak one in before the end of the weekend. Um, might do one more mock draft, I think. Probably just a 12-team sort of standard nine-category head-to-head league um, just to finish off the mock draft season. If you haven't already, go and check out the real Roto draft that I did uh, with Josh Lloyd and a few other fantasy analysts over there. Uh, I don't talk much, but when I do, I swear and cuss out all the other <laughs> players in the in the league there. So, um you know, it's not, maybe not the most interesting and most uh, entertaining mock, but if you wanted something that's a bit more real and has a bit more stakes to it, go over and check that one out. 
All right, let's um, let's get over to some of these questions here, guys. We'll we'll start going through them and see how we go. I'll, I'll scroll back up to the top for the people who asked them before we even started. So, Faco Compazio, uh, MVP, asks, what rotation developments in the preseason have moved players up or down your board? Do you see any unresolved situations other than the obvious one in Philly that can be taken advantage of right now? So, to me, the biggest uh, developments in preseason rotation-wise to me are, you know, Bilal Kulabali. Uh, looking like he potentially could start, um, you know, over for the Washington Wizards. We sort of thought maybe it was going to be a Denny Avdia, maybe it was going to be a Corey Kispert or someone like that, but Bilal seems to have been impressive. I'm a big fan of him long-term, so that's one. I'm really watching closely the Jalen Johnson, DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bay position battle at the moment. Um, that's a little bit unresolved. I think so. Hunter didn't play the first few, then played the most recent game. But in that game that he played, he started next to Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bay came off the bench. Um, I'm a big fan of Jalen Johnson. I think he's a very good player. I had him. I think I had him top ten in his draft class. So I think that he's definitely someone that we have a crack at at the end of drafts. But I don't know if it's going to be completely. You know, JJ starting, but even if he isn't, I think he is going to at least have a sizable role in the offense and in the in the rotation there. So that's another one. Um, what's another one? Oh, so today the Spurs roster they announced for their starting lineup, which is probably starting in a few minutes. Um, that Jeremy Sohan's going to be starting at point guard, and I believe Trey Jones is going to be coming off the bench. Yet to confirm whether Trey Jones is playing that game or if he's out, um, but been watching that to see if you know someone like a Keldon Johnson comes off the bench or if it is a Sohan or if it is a Trey Jones. But if Sohan is playing at point guard to start um, the season, that's a really big one that we need to stay on top of. Are there any other ones that really capture my attention? The Lakers starting sort of power forward, I don't really care about. I don't think any of them are really going to be doing too much. Um... Utah, the starting point guard, shooting guard sort of spot. Um, it looks like Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be the starter there. Do I think there's much fantasy value? No, not really. I'm not super interested. Maybe it just kind of dampens our excitement for someone like a Jordan and Jordan Clarkson or um, you know Keontae George or someone like that. A little bit less exciting. Uh, Kobe White potentially starting for the point guards in Chicago. I think that's definitely one that we take a flyer on. There's probably a few more. I'll probably go into a bit more depth when we go through that point, um, the um, full preseason review when, again, I'll probably do it again more at the weekend, leave it as late as I can so we can have as much information as possible. All right. Um, apology again if I mispronounced anyone's name, but Nitsan Livne uh, asks, uh, if, I, if I get three to four major guards to begin with, closing, point assist, free throw, punting blocks and turnovers, would you move on? Move on a forward with searching players if you'd punted the guard cats. I don't really understand that question, but I think I don't I don't really focus on guards, forwards, centers as much early in the draft, especially. I think about categories. Okay, so again, what have I locked up? Do I lock up points, assists, free throw percentage as the three most difficult to find later on? Um, am I punting one of those? So what can you find now that fits your build and is most valuable in your build now that you can't find later? That's always my priorities. I don't normally, you know, guards, forwards, whatever, until you get to the point where your roster is being completely filled out and you are now moving and drafting a player that's going to sit on your bench versus as your starter. I, I don't really take into account positional eligibility too much. Should I be worried all about Harden's potential trade and what it does to his... Yes, yes, you should be worried because I have no idea what's going to happen. Um... 
the worry is kind of baked in a little bit to his ADP, so he is being discounted because of that. Um, but I don't really love the situation. I think, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love the situation because one is James Harden, and we've seen him pout and moan and um, you know. <sighs> stamp his feet a little bit. We've also seen the same from Daryl Morey, the GM, in terms of all that stuff with Ben Simmons. And I don't really see... I think the the, the Clippers is the, the team that gets linked to it as much, but the Philadelphia 76ers are probably overvaluing James Harden. I don't think there's many teams in the league right now that's going to give up much for him. Just with the, the I guess, the carry-on that he's done over the last few seasons. Like, he's been at several different teams over the last seasons. And I just don't... I don't know if it's going to be resolved very cleanly, um, especially early in the season. But again, he's going later than his per game upside would suggest. But I don't know. I think there's still a lot of other good players you can get at that point. So for me, I haven't drafted him anywhere. Um, and it would have to fall really to the, I don't know, towards the end of the third round for, for me to really start to want to, to take that risk. All right, let's scroll down a few here. Um, all right, Kyle... Newman, uh, what players should I be targeting in a league that prioritizes triple doubles and double doubles? It's not my league. I just joined it. Anybody have some ideas for early middle round? Like, I personally hate using triple doubles and double doubles as a category, but it does incentivize you for, to go for more of those bigs that get those, you know, 10 plus rebounds. Um, there's not many players that will get 10 plus assists on a regular basis, but, you know, someone like Atari's Halliburton, um, you know, James Harden. Uh, Trey Young, all those kind of players get an extra little bit of a boost as well. But for the most part, if I, not that I've done any leagues that have that as categories or point systems, I would typically ignore it because, again, it's it either happens or it doesn't. It's not a reliable stat for us to sort of predict week in, week out, game in, game out. So, um, yeah. Personally, first of all, I, I just wouldn't recommend doing it. But second of all, I wouldn't factor it in too much. Um, what do you think about LaMelo Ball for round one and then Trey Young for round two? I like the pairing. I do think that that is a very nice fit. The one thing we need to be cautious of about is depending on when your playoffs are, the, um, I think the Charlotte Hornets and the Dallas Mavericks are the two teams that have a two-game schedule in, I want to say, the first week of a player or maybe the second week of the playoffs for your fantasy playoffs. Just double check that. Double check, just depending on obviously everyone's got different settings of their playoffs, but I know that the Mavs and the Charlotte Hornets have a two week in there somewhere, depending on when your playoffs are. And that is something that maybe moves him down to maybe the end of the first, start of the second round in terms of LaMelo. Um, if it was a tiebreak, I'd probably rather someone like a Damian Lillard or even someone like a Kevin Durant or someone like that, just because, again, two games in your playoff week is tough to overcome. Um, yeah, when I don't see a huge difference between those two. Uh, what? A, da, 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 da. Where do you see Chet going in points leagues? Let's have a look at my projection. Now, again, guys, when you're asking questions, if you are asking something that is a little bit outside of default and for points leagues, can you please specify if you're asking a Yahoo points, an ESPN points, uh, or if you've got any custom projections or anything like that? I'll do my best, but those questions will be a little bit more difficult for me to answer insightfully. Um, so let me have a look at where I have Chet. Um, oh, why have I got some deleted cells there? Okay, no, that's gone. All right, Chet, 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 Chet in a points league. So 
Chet Holmgren, I have in a Yahoo Points League. Let's do that first, and then we'll check his ESPN. In a Yahoo Points League, I've got him sort of that, you know, 55 to 60 range is kind of a good spot for me. So he is better in a category leagues um, because his efficiency, his block shots are worth more over there. So 50 to 60, 55 to 60 is where I've got him in Yahoo. In ESPN points, he is, is he, again, let me have a look. I think he's a little worse off. So pretty similar. I mean, I've got him slightly back at 60, 61. So, yeah, around that 60 mark, I think, is a reasonable spot for Chet. And he probably does have a bit of upside from there. I've got him projected at scoring 14 points a night. And if you think he can do better than that, he probably could go maybe another 5, 10 spots higher. So um, I've been a little bit more conservative in terms of his usage because he is playing against uh, SGA, you know, Jalen Williams and, and Giddy. So I think his usage will be fluctuating night to night. But again, around that 55 to 60 mark is about where I have him in, in points leagues. Um, Kyle Prosky, sup, mate? Um, which of the three, which three of the four following players would you keep slash build around in a twenty-team head-to-head league? Uh, okay, three of the four: Nine Cat head-to-head, Paolo, Giddy, Chet, Vassell. So Chet, Vassell, easily number one and two, and then it's probably ooh. Is it so? It's a keeper. I'm assuming. Uh, I'd probably go. Ooh, giddy at that stage. I think I'd go giddy and get those elite assist numbers and you're not going to force yourself into a punt free throw build there because Paolo would essentially do that. The issue there you might start to get into is how are your points, but I think I'd prefer to sacrifice that and keep the, the flexibility of a free throw viable team open at that spot. So I think I'd go giddy, Chet, and Vassell. Um, I think it's Chet and Vassell pretty comfortably... Giddy is probably my third guy there. Kyle. Uh, Ferris Gansman is Bilal a guy we want to hold on to for a bit to see how it does? Yes, definitely. Definitely we want to be holding on to Bilal and see how it goes. It might be rough. Again, um, you know, these rookies' percentages always a tough, tough thing for them to be very good and consistent at. But I do think you do need to be picking him. PJ Washington or Bobby Portis for points leagues? I think it could be... I think... I've got Porter's maybe projected better, but I do actually think that uh, PJ Washington has a better or higher upside. Let me check my projections here. Um, where's Bobby Porter's? I found Zubas. Sorry, not Zubas. Um, PJ Washington. Zubas is one ahead of him. Yeah, I think it's PJ. I think it's PJ Washington. I think... I've got them projected very close, but I think PJ's got a higher upside depending on what goes down with Miles Bridges and that whole situation. So I'd probably go PJ over Bobby Portis at that spot, but a bit more upside. Um, Stefan Schmidt, hello. Uh, what player do you think has the best pathway to be this year's Larry Markkinen? That's a very good question. Um, now, Larry Markkinen was a player that I was pretty high on last season. Um, wasn't high enough on him. <sighs> The, the, this easy answer, but I don't think it's the correct one, is John Collins' teammate. He obviously followed him, you know, the same kind of thing where he's going to a new team, um, has had seasons before where he's been a top 20, top 50 player like Larry Markkinen did prior to um, some moves uh, in his career where I think he was, um, you know, in Chicago when he's playing a bit more at that um, power forward position. 
I don't think John Collins is as realistic to expect of that. So my answer is more likely to be... Oh, I've completely forgotten who I had my top top 10 sleepers here. Um, let's have a look at what I had. I think... Uh, actually, I, I think it could be I think it could be Anyeka Kongwu, to be honest. I think I think he's the guy that if things go his way, he can catapult from someone who's getting drafted in the eighties and nineties to a top thirty, top forty player uh, pretty comfortably. I think he's the best chance to really surge up draft boards, surge up rankings compared to where he's being drafted at. Um, it's going to take some things to happen. Obviously, it'd probably need a move or an injury to Clint Capella to really blow up. But I think he is, in my opinion, has the best chance to rocket up the board the most out of all of these players compared to where he's being drafted at. Um, okay, I drafted John the Baptist at 101. Let's go! Yeah! Okay, I like it. I mean, it's an interesting one because a lot of the times I'll find myself agreeing with other analysts or disagreeing, and I think that John Collins is is one that I find myself disagreeing with some other people that I really respect. Um, I'm cautious when, when that happens because obviously I'm trying to check my own biases and, and check my own sort of thoughts and, okay, why do I actually think this? Does it make actual sense? But I think um, I think John Collins, he has the potential to be a guy that, especially if you are punting assists and steals or both, um, to be someone who's like valued at a top 50, top 60 level, um, but not for everyone. Um, okay, let's keep going down a little bit further. Let's go... Sorry, if I've missed your question, keep asking them again if you want to get them in. I'm just trying to get to a few different people further down. Um, all right, let's go. Amit Chopper, struggling so much between Tatum and Tyrese or Curry at five. It is Tyrese, fairly comfortable to me at five. Curry or Tatum is a tougher question. Um, I think... I like Steph Curry at five if I could guarantee he's going to play 65-plus games. But him being 35 years old, I have my doubts about that. So normally I would go to Tatum. So I'd rank them Tyrese Halliburton, Tatum, and Curry, assuming that that is a category league. I just love Tyrese's elite steals um, and assists that are very difficult to get later. And I'm quite comfortable punting points if that is something you want to go through and do. But I I think Tyrese is super valuable at that spot. Uh, Zach, is a man Thompson worth a pick versus Jalen Johnson? I would go Jalen Johnson. I think his pathway to bigger minutes is easier than a men. I really do like a men Thompson. I just struggle to see how he's going to get the minutes early on in the season. I think there is a scenario that he eventually just shows that he's so good and demands those minutes and um, and I think that that gets him onto the floor eventually. I just don't know how long it's going to take and I think it's going to take longer than we would like. So I'd probably go Jalen Johnson in the hopes that maybe he gets the starting nod or um, he beats out some of those other guys that are ahead of him. Um than a man who, again, is a rookie at the end of the day. So even if he does start, he's going to have his ups and downs. Um, although I really do like him. How do you feel Cameron Johnson will perform? I think he'll perform solid. Um, he performed a lot better when he moved over to Brooklyn. He got more minutes. One of the things that was holding him back in Phoenix was the lack of minutes. He got more when he moved over to Brooklyn. So um, I think he has a chance to increase his scoring up to maybe 18, 19 per game. Three threes, solid-ish rebounds. He'll get you like 1.2, 1.3 steals. So really, really solid uh, without being spectacular. Um, definitely more of a balanced kind of a guy. Or if you're punting blocks, maybe a guy that you want to get who's efficient and, and hits a lot of threes. So 
Um, he, he he's solid without being super exciting. Hey Mitch, uh, Joven or Joven. Uh, hey Mitch, in a fourteen-team Yahoo Cat League, would you? Who would you target at thirteen and sixteen? Fourteen team. Um, I'd be hoping to get maybe at that point if you can get like a Trey Young and maybe pair him with someone like a Donovan Mitchell or a Devin Booker or one of those kinds of players. Um, just trying to think. You could even maybe go with a Demontis Sabonis if he's on the board um, and punt the blocks. But I like the Trey Young pick there, or if, you know, say, I mean, it's hard to know who's going to be there, but if Kevin Durant falls or uh, one of those clear guys inside the top sort of 10, 11 picks, um, Lillard would also be a great option um, if he's there. Hard to know exactly who's there, but one of those guards I think would be really nice. So you can go into that more of like a punt field goal or a punt block kind of build and and um, get some more of those guards with some big scoring early on. So Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, um, Kyrie Irving, depending on what your playoff schedule is like and if he has that two-game week in your playoff schedule, also you can consider. Um, if he does, I'd prefer those other guys though. Um. MW asks, is Okongu the starter over Clint Capella? I don't think he will start if everything is going the way that it is at the moment and the team is constructed. I do still think that Clint Capella will be the starter. However, last season, Clint Capella, sorry, Okongu was 70, I want to say 73rd ranked in nine categories in 23 minutes. Um, and so his ADP on Yahoo is like 105. So you've already got like 30 spots of value that even if he stays in like a 23, 24 minute a night role, he's got room to sort of regress and be better than that. The thing that would have to happen is that a Kongu or sorry, Capella gets injured or traded. And he has been in trade rumors this off season. And I do think that it would behoove the um, Atlanta Hawks to trade Clint Capella and get some sort of wing depth or something like that. It maybe it is tied to how well Jalen Johnson or someone like that goes in the starting lineup. But I do think it's more likely this year than it ever has been. Um, and then if there's any injuries, of course, Okongu is just going to blow up. Like in a top, in a 30-minute night role, like he wouldn't be getting drafted where he is if we knew he was starting. He'd be getting drafted in the top 50, top 45 kind of area if we knew he was starting. So this is like that window that the risk is obviously there, but I feel like even in a backup role, he provides that value, which is why he was my number one sleeper. If you haven't checked that video out, by the way, go and uh, go and have a look. It's... um. Well, I think there's some good picks in there. <laughs> um, okay, in hey Mitch, in ESPN points, would you prefer THT or Bruce Brown? Let's have a look at my projections. I always try to refer to my projections for points leagues because it is very hard to remember exactly how everyone goes in different formats. I want to say off the top of my head, Bruce Brown would be the guy. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Bruce Brown. Um, and and T- I, I don't, I just don't trust Taylor Horton Tucker's ability to stay as the starter for very long. I haven't seen him really do it well uh, before in his career. So, um, yeah, I think it is still Bruce Brown at that spot. Um, because I feel more confident in his minutes staying where they are. Yeah, let's go Bruce Brown. Um, Paul Reed or Josh Richardson for my final spot in the 14 team. It is Paul Reed, definitely. Definitely, definitely Paul Reed. He has that supreme upside. I don't even know if Josh Richardson is going to start now with Kyle Lowry potentially starting at point guard. You'll have Lowry, um, Hero, maybe Caleb Martin or Richardson, one of those two. 
um, Jimmy Butler and Bam. Or maybe it's even Jimmy and then Kevin Love. So I, I think Richardson's really falling down uh, the the priority list. So I'd be going... Uh, I can't remember the other one. Oh, Paul Reed, definitely. Definitely Paul Reed. Let's crow down here. Should I draft Sabonis in the top five category leagues? No, can't get it right. You should not draft Sabonis in the top five in category leagues. He is probably someone to get in the second round. I'm not sure if that's a troll or not, but definitely do not draft him top five. Uh, okay, when to draft Jama Rant and Wemby in Fantrax points leagues? I don't know what Fantrax's default points league scoring is, but in general for points leagues, I do think that Jar is someone to consider around that 50-ish mark. Um, and I think that, who was the other one? Victor. Victor's a tough one, man. Really have no idea what he's going to be doing. Um, no, I don't have no idea, but it, it's a wide range of outcomes. So I think he could be someone that if you're really bullish on him, Top 35 is fine, um, and top 40 he definitely should be going, but top 35 is is okay still at this point. Java Jaffa, thank you for the uh, the super chat, my friend. That's very kind of you. Um, he's got Embiid, Fox, KD, Bam, Cade, Paul George, Anthony, and Hero in a points league 10 team. What do I think? What do I think? Well, I think... Um, I like it. I think Cade is going to be a really good points league. Um, again, sorry, Javid. Just try to make sure you remember to tell me if it's ESPN or if it's uh, if it's Yahoo because that does change some things. Cade is definitely better in a ESPN points league. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. System than a than a um Yahoo points lead. But even still, if you've got Embiid in the first round and Katie in the second round, that's that's great. Fox can be a top thirty guy. Bam, top thirty five, top forty. I like him a lot better now that um there's no Lillard coming over. Cade, I think, has a chance to be top twenty five. PG underrated. Yeah, I think it's a really good start, man. I think that's a good good team. Um and I don't think you're relying on huge blocks or steals with any of those guys. So that I think they'll be pretty consistent. Um so yeah, thank you, thank you again for that uh, super chat, mate. Hope that answers your question. Uh, ESPN, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, even better, man. Like KD, I think in an ESPN is a first rounder. Um, Cade is probably a little bit worse in an ESPN league because of his efficiency he gets uh, suffered a little bit. But um, if you've got him after Fox and KD, like in the fourth round, that's that's perfect, man. Um, I think that's a really good start. All right, let's look at some more questions. B Baller, I get the feeling the Jazz coach doesn't like Sexton. He didn't perform too well. Any chance he gets back to his Cavalier days? I'm, I don't, I don't think he's going back to Cavalier days where he was putting up like 23, 24 points a night. He's more likely to do 
something like 15 to 16 points and maybe four or five assists at best. Um, yeah, I just I don't think he's going back to those heights. He can still be useful, especially if there's injuries and things like that. Their, their backcourt is really weird. Um, and they don't have a lot of playmaking on this team. And as bad as he is in point guard standards... Within that team, his playmaking is one of the better guys in this in this uh, format. Who finishes higher, Cade or Trey? Now, whenever I get this question, I'm I'm thinking minus one ranking. So minus one again. If you don't know, go and watch some of my um, what do rankings mean video. But minus one rankings eliminates the player's worst category, and I weight the turnovers down to twenty five percent. Both of which will help players like this, but I still think that Trey is going to be better than Cade, um, and I would be drafting him uh, as uh, so there is a world where Cade is better, though. There is there is that world, but I don't think I'd be willing to bet on it. So Trey still pretty comfortably for me. Um, Sean, who would you be aiming for at pick 10 and 11 in a 10-team ESPN points league? It's a good question there, Sean. Let's have a look at my projections. Why do I keep seeing some things get deleted here? Okay. Be careful not to do that. Um, all right. In an ESPN points league. Why is Anthony Davis's stats gone? What the hell's going on there? Um, I would have at 10. Um, well, let's go through my... Let's go... I'll give you guys a sneak peek. If, if you're not if you're not over at Ball Boys NBA and you're not a, a platinum member, here's, here's some free content for you. But it might, I'll give you my top 11 here there, Sean, for my ESPN points projections. I've got Jokic one, Luca two. I've got Tyrese, sorry, Joel Embiid three. Tyrese Halliburton four. Really good in the ESPN points league, and sometimes he gets down the the list there. So I don't know if you can get him at ten, but if you could, that'd be a massive steal. Uh, Giannis at five, Anthony Davis six, Shea at seven, um, Jason Tatum at eight, Lamelo Ball at nine, LeBron James at 10, but I probably wouldn't go LeBron there. Again, he's just old and it's a bit risky. Steph Curry at 12 and Kyrie Irving at 13. Again, playoff schedule. So I probably, and then I've got Booker, Durant and Sabonis. So I probably would take Booker, Durant or Sabonis all over LeBron and um a Kyrie Irving just because of the risk factors there. But if you can get like a Tatum, a Lamelo, a Shea, an AD, any of those guys that fall, I think that that would be that'd be pretty pretty good. Okay. All right. Mehmet. Okay. Thank you again for the uh, the super chat, mate. Also, do you think was there another one? Did you ask another question? I don't know. This is just a question. Also, do you think there is any chance that Nick Nurse plays Melton? 49 minutes per game if Sixers get nothing in return for Harden. Hope that, my God. Um, I don't know about 49 minutes per game. That would be that'd be pretty impressive. A lot of overtime games. Um, I do think that obviously it does help Melton's uh, minutes per game. Since the acquisition of... Um, why am I blanking? Kelly Oubre. I had to drop Melton's minutes down a little bit. It's very tough. I did this when I was doing the Paul Reed video on the top 25 most interesting, trying to work out the uh, 76ers, like, you know, 240 minutes rotation. I, I find it really hard to get Paul Reed and Melton up. It, it's it's weird because I think they're going to be doing like a, a nine-man rotation. And even in that, I think 
Melton kind of caps out at like a 24-minute-per-night guy. But if Harden does go, that can get him closer to where he was last season, where he was 27, 28. I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, I'm assuming that if they get someone... If it's a Clippers deal, it might be a Terrence Mann. So there'll be someone to fill in a little bit of that, but it will still free up some minutes instead of James Harden playing 35. If Terrence Mann is playing 25, then you know, you've got 10 minutes and I think a, a fair chunk of that would go to Melton, but definitely not 49 minutes per game, but he would, he would benefit. And I think at 123 where you got him, it's, that's a fine pick. And again, he gives you steals as long as that's what you needed. That's definitely the one I'm looking at here. Okay. Let's have a look here. Hi, Mitch. How many power four centers do you think is enough for the team? I got JJ, E. Mobley, uh, Rudy Gobert, Gafford, Okongwu. Should I keep both Gafford and Okongwu? Yeah, 100% keep both uh, Gafford and Okongwu. Again, I don't think you need to worry about having too many of one position or not enough of one position. I like a minimum of being able to fill every position with two players. Um, so, for example... If I'm in a punt build when I'm punting point uh, assists, I want at least one player to fill my point guard position and at least another player so that if that player is not having a game and the other player is, I can put them in. That's probably like a minimum. And as long as you filled that out for all of your positions, I think it's fine. I don't worry about having too many in one position if, you, again, you've got them a good value. So I think both those players need to be on, on teams there as well. All right. Sorry, guys, if I can't get to all your questions. There's a lot of questions flowing through here. I try to get to as many as I can. I don't even know how long I'm going to do this, but maybe we'll go like a good, we'll go a good hour. If the, if the questions keep rolling, we'll keep going for a good good hour. Okay, let's go. Um, clash of Twitch. I've seen your name come up a few times. 10-man um, categories, I'm assuming. Um, Halley, Giannis, Harden, Nick Claxton, Evan Mobley, Brunson, Brooke Lopez, Kelby Ubrey, Fultz, Smart, Rosier, what do you think? I always struggle with these what-do-you-think questions because, yeah, it's good. Um, the fact that you've got Giannis in the second round paired with Halliburton is crazy. Um it seems like a bit of a punt points build to me, which I'm totally okay with. Punting points and free throw percentage is fine. Um, so to me, the Kelly Oubre selection doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think you can do definitely better than Kelly Oubre with someone else on the waiver wire, and you might still be able to cash in with a bit with Terry Rozier. But to me, that looks like a bit of a punt points and free throw percentage team, which is fine, obviously. Okay. Let's keep going on. Trey Park, he's drafting on underdog. Best ball where total points scored by week 17 wins 75,000. Tips on how I should win. Oh, man. Best ball. Um, I don't do a whole lot of best ball content, but I, in that you're wanting to make sure that you are getting... You, you want to make sure you're getting those guys that have the potential to really blow up if the right things go their way. So I would probably rank higher someone like Anyeka Okongwu, um, those players that stash um, and perform well at the end of the season. Um, you want to maybe try and... Again, it's it's hard to know the exact um, format that it's set up here, but you want to maybe try, if possible... You know, get some get some players that are handcuffed a little bit to to if they go down, their replacement's going to come in and put some really big stats up, so you don't lose too much out in that type of situation. But it's all about getting the players that um, early are a bit safer, a bit more consistent, play a lot of games, but later really really swing hard for upside at that kind of situation here. 
All right. What uh, again? I'm sorry for pronouncing these adults. Uh, Thank you again for the super chat, my man. Um, hi, I am in a 12-team Yahoo points league. I dropped Keontae George for Quinton Grime. Good or bad? Jalen Johnson is still there too. Jalen Johnson, I would definitely scoop up in that situation. Um, and in a points league, Quinton Grimes, I don't think in a Yahoo format is going to do all that well. So I do think your best choice is to go and grab Jalen Johnson if he's there. I'd, I'd be making that a fairly large priority. Yeah, I think that that would be the way that I would love to go. Okay. Sean, I had that last year, John, and I won my league, but high risk. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, how high are you drafting Jordan Poole? Ah, this is a guy I really like. Again, in category, funny enough, I actually think that Jordan Poole is a better category league player than a points league player this year because of his free throw percentage and three-point uh, value. I have him in my projections on a minus one ranking at number, I want to say 26. What was it last I checked? Uh, 24, even higher. So I don't want to take him there. So I don't think I'd be reaching in the second round. I'm happy to, at the end of the third round, if you're looking for points and free throw percentage, and that is what you need, I'm happy to take him sort of in that 30s kind of a range. Um, But he is also sometimes going to late 40s, 50s. So again, deciding on where you think you can get him is another thing to... Um, evaluate in your league. So if you're in a league of people that maybe value efficiency, you'll go off the rankings a bit more, then you might be able to get him in the late 30s, early 40s, and I still think you've got maybe like 20 spots of value there. So um, yes, I do. Well, will I take them over pool party? It depends. I have him valued over Garland, Brunson, and Jamal. I have him higher than all three of those players. Um, Yes, would I be in a situation where I think I could get both if the ADP of one is higher than the other? Then, yeah, maybe I might try and go Jamal first and then try to get pulled in the next round because I can. it's more likely that I can do that. That's more likely something that I would be looking to do. So remember, when I talk about I've got a player valued at a certain spot, that doesn't mean you have to draft them there. We're always trying to get value. So we're trying to get them as late as possible. Now, there is a point where that becomes risky and, and you've got to, to sort of weigh that up and, and sort of you'll know that best with your league. But um, yeah, that that is definitely something to always keep in mind. Dylan Bass, thoughts on Zion and Cade? Thoughts on Zion and Cade in late second, early third Yahoo Points League? I think, I think Zion at that spot's a bit early. I'd rather be taking Zion. Look, he's a great points league player. Um, the risk is there. So if, I, if I'm if i taking him in sort of like the late 40s, 50s in a category league, I'd probably go up a round or two in a points league. So I'd probably rather get him in like the 30s. Cade in a similar kind of area, I actually think is fine as well. Um, where have I got Cade? Where's Cade for Yahoo points? Um why can't I find him? Kate Cunningham. Oh, I've actually got him at 20. That's... Um, yeah, so I think... Mm, I mean, they're both a decent value at that spot. I guess it depends on who else is around. Um, I've got them actually projected quite similarly. So I'd probably go Cade over Zion. Um, just because I feel safer at that spot. And I've got Cade projected to average 23.6.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists a steal and half a block. So uh, 
if you think that that's reasonable to expect, then him at sort of, you know, the mid-20s is good value at that spot to me. Uh, if you think I'm crazy, if you think he's not going to put up 23.6.5, 6.5, then draft him later. If you think that that's low, you could maybe even take him a bit earlier. Sup, man. Sup, Shanti Mapeson. I know that's not a question, but just saying sup. Um, let's have a look. Do you think Mike Conley can have a decent role with the Wolves? He should be starting. He should be starting for the Tip Wolves. Um, and I expect him to play 28 to 30 minutes a night. And he's old, but he will be solid. He's definitely someone that should be drafted um, at some point in your league. He's not the highest of upside, guys. Uh, but he'll, he'll pretty much do what he did last season, I think, uh, as long as he's healthy. How long have we been going? We've gone with 38 minutes. Let's go another maybe 10 minutes or so, and then we'll uh, then we'll maybe wrap this up and uh, get on out and watch some preseason basketball. Hey, Mitch, how does strategy differ for all if at all, from a standard 12-team 9-cat to a 16-team 9-cat? Very good question, McNuggets. Um, When you go to a deeper league, the scarcity of the stats, in my opinion, matters more because you're going to have less opportunity to get those really good players on your team. So, for example, you're going deeper into the um, player pool. So, the stats that are more scarce at the beginning and later in the draft are a higher priority. So, um, points, rebound, I say points, assists, and free throw percentage are even extra more valuable. But it means that if you are not good at them or, or at the top half of your standings in those things, it makes me more likely to want to punt those categories. So uh, punting assists is a very strong strategy in that type of a league. The other thing is um, positional scarcity of things like centers in a 16, not so much 16, but 16 and, and even deeper gets a little bit more scarce. So you're going to find it harder to get multiple starting centers on your team if you don't go for them early because by the end, you'll be drafting players like um, Ivisa Zubac and, um, you know, uh, Christian Wood or or stuff like that. And I I think that um, if you want those big man stats, they do get a little bit of a boost in a deeper league that way. So yeah, positional scarcity and categorical scarcity matters more, in my opinion, in those types of leagues. So it does change a little bit. Um, Momoyama. Momoyama, I like your name. Uh, first pick in 10-team head-to-head. Who do you take at the 20-21 to 21 turn? Okay, so I'm assuming you're grabbing um, Nikola Jokic with the first pick. Is it a, a category league? I'm assuming it's a category league, Mono, Momoyama. Um if you don't specify otherwise, but at 20 to 21 to pair with a Jokic. Um, let's have a look at the projections here. Um, I would be hoping to get... Look, I, I feel pretty good at that spot trying to get someone like a Kawhi Leonard with um, with Jokic because I think you've got a really safe pick in that first one. You get a guy who potentially could be a top... Um, yes, category. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, Kawhi Leonard, I think, is a really good guy there and you can look to maybe punt the blocks and also pair him with with even another another center in that situation like a Carl Anthony Towns. So if you get two big guys um, with good assists, good free throws, good threes, um, you get a, a high, high upside player like a Kawhi. I think that would be a really nice start. Um, so I, I do like the, the Jokic and Carl Anthony Towns pairing there. You could go a Paul George instead of Kawhi Leonard at that spot as well. 
Um, if you wanted to lean more into a punt points situation, which I also don't mind, Jaron Jackson Jr., if he's still there, is a really good player that you can go and cover up that weakness in Jokic's blocks. Um, and then if you pair him maybe with someone like a Freddie Van Vliet, you've got a really good start in a punt point situation. I think those are the two best options for a Jokic, punting the blocks or punting the points, I think are the two best ways to go. Uh, because in a threes, which is his other weak category, you can get a lot of threes later, and that's easier to make up uh, than those other two categories. So those are probably the ones that I would look at, um, either like a Kawhi and... What, who else did I say? A Kawhi and... A Carlton Towns or a Jaron Jackson Jr. if he's there, um, or you know, going a JJJ and a Freddie Van Vliet and punting the points and do it that way. All right, let's do a few more here. Uh, Amen Thompson or Clint Capella? It's pretty clearly Clint Capella to me. Uh, Amen is more of a flyer. Capella's got some clear value. Um, all right, let's have a go. I have Jokic on my team as well with um, Paulo and Zion for Fords. I'm assuming that's Paulo. Um, let's go for you there, Casey. Zion, Zion's an interesting man. He's very interesting. Um, Bo Githoro, let's have a look here. Um, what is your question? I've lost it. Okay, oh, nine cat, 10 team, 10th pick. What would you do first two picks? Um, in a 10 team, I am hoping that someone like a Lillard or, um, I think Lillard, Durant, would be a great pairing if you could if you could possibly go um, yeah I think a Lillard and Durant pairing would be nice and you look to maybe punt the steals or you could go a Lillard and a Trey Young and look at going just real guard heavy and punting the percentage uh, field goal percentage and and blocks potentially I think that's what I'd be looking to do in that kind of situation your first two picks and a 10 man nine cat head-to-head pick 10 oh well Ben Blair there you go I've just answered that question for you first two picks yeah I think I think that um that would be the way I'd go uh get the get the the I think Lillard would be a big big target for me Dame is a really strong pick there and if you can get a Durant I'd go that way if not Trey would be a nice pick there I would say LaMelo Ball, but again, if he's got a two-game schedule in your playoff, um, I'd probably try to avoid that because that's hard to overcome. Uh, And same thing with Kyrie Irving as well. So those would be my preference at that pick 10 spot. Um, Let's have a look here. With with having Jokic, Zion, and Paolo, should I trade away Julius Randle for Cat and Jalen Brown in an ESPN points leagues? Julius Randle for Cat and Jalen Brown. These questions are always difficult. Again, I don't know who you're dropping, so that's the other part of the equation because if you're trading two, one player for two players, you're getting two. You're having to drop someone. So um, in an ESPN points league, that does seem like a win to me. Julius Randle is not as good in an ESPN points league, so I do think that you are definitely getting a W there. In fact, yeah, I'd probably go Julius Randle for Cat straight up. So yes, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. Um, hey Mitch, would you keep Bilal or over Bruce Brown at the end of your roster in a standard 12-team head-to-head league? No, I think I'd rather Bruce Brown than Bilal. I think Bruce Brown's more solid and consistent. You know when you're going to get, and I think he's going to be that top 100, top 110 kind of a guy. Bilal's a bit more of a flyer. I still think he should be rostered in most leagues, but if it's those are your worst two players, I'd rather Bruce Brown in that situation. 
Let's do two more questions and then we're going to wrap it up here today, guys. Thank you so much for getting all the questions in. If you guys are here in the chat, make sure to give this video a big thumbs up. If anyone is watching along and they are not subscribed to the, the channel, please hit that subscribe button. We are getting closer and closer to 10K subscribers and uh, I would love if we can get there by the start of the season. That would be really, really cool. So hit subscribe if you haven't already. I'm going to answer two more questions. Let's answer let's answer some I'll scroll up a bit here we go um given uh Tommy Nguyen given the James Harden saga how early should Tyrese Maxi go in drafts uh it's a very good question I think that he should be definitely someone you start to consider around that pick 50 mark um so I believe that eventually it's going to all blow up and Harden's going to be out of here and I think Maxi does benefit because of that, where have I got him projected? So I've got him project. I've, I'm trying to bake in a little bit of that upside with James Harden gone. So I've got his uh, assists up. So I think if he, with Harden there, he's more of like that top 60 guy. With Harden gone, I think he's more of like a top 40 player. So if you split the middle, maybe if you want to go a little bit earlier, if, you, if he really fits what you want and you want that point scoring, you want those threes and efficient scoring, I think that that's where you can get him. But definitely around the 50 mark, I would be, I'd be looking, looking at him that, at that point. All right, one more question. Um, let's go. This person's asked it a lot. Let's, 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 let's get, make him happy. Okay, 12-team, uh, Jay Fantasy, 12-team, 9-card, head-to-head. I have pick 9. Would you take Giannis, Dame, Lamelo, KD, or AD? Jeez, you've got all of them available. Uh, can you rank them to who would you pair them with? Okay, so I would probably go... I think I'd go Giannis 1, Dame 2, KD 3, AD 4, Lamelo 5, assuming that Lamelo is has that two-game week. If he doesn't, then I would go LaMelo 1 um, in that situation if he doesn't have a two-game week in your playoffs. And then that that really is the difference. Like the difference between him having a two-game week in your playoffs versus uh, a three- or four-game week for each of the rounds is the difference between him first and last, in my opinion. Um, but otherwise, Giannis, I'd take it one. And if I can get someone like an Anthony Edwards or a Sabonis on the second round, those would be my, num- my number one targets at that spot there. Otherwise, you could consider um, even like a Devin, Devin Booker would be really good just to really lock in those points um, at that spot. Assists, which are really hard to get later. So again, he, he's a good free throw opportunity, but you don't have to be bad at free throws. You want to get those those cats in at that spot. So I'd probably be um, Edwards, number one, Sabonis, number two, Devin Booker, number three. I, I think one of those guys should be available for you. Alrighty, guys. Thank you very much for um, jumping in and as- asking a lot of questions there, guys. Been really good chatting for you all. Let's um, finish this one up here. If you haven't already, like I said before, go and hit the subscribe button. If you um, are enjoying all the content, I'm trying to pump out more content than ever before this preseason. Uh, like we said, coming up, we've got top 10 busts for sleep, uh, top 10 busts for points leagues, top 10 sleepers for points leagues as well. We're going to be doing a fa- uh, preseason wrap up. Probably one more mock draft coming your way before the uh, fantasy draft season is over. And then next week, we're going to be getting into how to prepare for week one. And then when basketball starts, then we're into the uh, the regular routine. So uh, looking forward to it, guys. It's not too far away. So make sure, again, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already, go over and check out ballboysmba.com. If you guys are having any issues with ballboysmba.com, uh, shoot me an email at ball, uh, ballboys at gmail.com, and I can help you guys out there. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 